Hey, it's Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. So this is a crazy age, right? We live in this weird age. We've got our smartphones, and we're using them to text and post and tweet and connect with the cloud, and we don't know what's happening, right? This stuff is forming us, and we don't know what we're becoming, and trending topics, and it's really hard to know what everything is about and what we're about and what we're supposed to be about. And you can kind of just get lost in all of it. Well, on today's show, we're going to talk about what should we be centered in on as Christians? What should be the primary focus of our life in any age, including this age? This is the Wednesday podcast edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show. We bring you new content twice a week, once on Wednesdays, once on Friday. Friday, we have a radio show on KCIS, 6.30 a.m. KCIS. And uh, by the way, I already recorded the Friday show, and I'm pretty excited. I think it's a little controversial, and uh, I might make some people upset. But it's already done, so what are you going to do? But uh, on today's show, uh, oh, by the way... Uh, Could you go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org? Check out what we have there. I got podcasts, past podcasts, ways to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can pick up my book and you can read it and buy it through the website or at amazon.com. That's the Community of God, a Theology of the Church. I'd love for you to do that. That's a great way to support the ministry we do here. Or you can support the radio show uh, by donating. That would be another wonderful way to support this endeavor. If you if you are listening to these podcasts, listening to the radio show, uh, if you're liking what we're doing here, that would be tremendously helpful. And really, it we stay on the air if just a few of you do something like give 25 bucks. It's that simple. So it really does matter that you think I'm not just talking to the other person listening, but to you. Yes, I'm looking at you. Uh, so anyway, uh, on today's show, I was just thinking about just before I started, I'm recording today's show uh, on Wednesday as I'm releasing it today. So it's all happening today. I'm just going to record it and release it, and you're going to hear it. But j- even that is ridiculous. The, the age we, we live in, I'm recording this in my house on my computer, and then I will upload it um, through SoundCloud, and it'll go onto iTunes, and people will be able to access it all over the world. And the the world we live in is ridiculous with technology. We have these smartphones. Some of you don't. Some of you right now are listening, I don't know, through, a, I, I don't know how, maybe smoke signals or something. But most of us, you're, you're existing in a technological age where you even recognize as you're walking through this that it's absurd, that it's something that other people could never even have thought of. We're, we're tweeting and posting and connecting with people all over the world, and yet we're as disconnected as ever before. And, and the other day, I just thought of this, the, the craziness of it. I was walking with my wife uh, on the waterfront the, as at uh, Tacoma Park, the Point Defiance Park, a nice park, and walking along a, a seawall kind of thing, and just walking along. And then I thought of something that I saw on Twitter, I think it was, that I had watched continually. It was just a little gif uh, again, GIF or GIF, I think it's GIF, 
fact that that's a term that we use. You know, one of those little video clips that just goes over and over again. And it was of a kayaker being hit in the face by an octopus. Actually, let me say this better. A seal holding an octopus slapped a kayaker in the face. There's got to be a better way to say this, Doug. <laughs> Imagine me saying this to my wife. Did you see that video of a kayaker being slapped in the face by a seal holding an octopus? My wife's like, what? Well, okay, so the seal is holding an octopus and slapping a kayaker in the face. Now, he only does it once. He comes up out of the water and just whacks the kayaker in the face and then goes down into the water. And because it's one of these gifts, it just goes over and over again in a loop. And it's mesmerizing that this exists. You, you just look at it. and There's so many things you think of. And it, it's so intentional. And, and seals, uh, you realize, you know, they don't have very long... Um, uh, <laughs> this is my scientific. They're not arms, are they? Seal arms... Seal appendages, they're, they're not long. Fins, is that what they are? So you think the seal knows what he's doing. He's like, I want to hit that kayaker in the face. It just, it looks so intentional. It's like, I, but I don't, have the, I don't have the ability to do this. So he, he's like, okay, I need to find some way to, to be able to slap that kayaker in the face. So he goes down and finds a buddy. Finds a reluctant octopus, <laughs> grabs him, and whack, you know, just like one of those, uh, you know, kids have those little slimy string things that they can <laughs> wall walkers that you can just fling at the wall. Takes <laughs> takes an octopus and just whack, hits him in the face. And as you watch it, like for me, I'm watching it, and it's so intentional. I, I have all kinds of thoughts go through my head. Like, did the kayaker deserve it? Did did the kayaker do something? Or is this seal just a real jerk? Are there seal fraternities? Is this some sort of initiation? Are there support groups for octopuses? Like, I also thought, this poor octopus, does this seal use the octopus <laughs> on a regular basis as some sort of weapon against kayakers? You know, there were so many things in that. But, but another thing is I'm just, this is nuts that I'm walking along the waterfront talking about some clip about a seal hitting a kayaker in the face with a octopus that I was able to see on a clip in Twitter, and now I'm telling you about it as well. That's the crazy world we live in with technology. And, you know, sometimes people can be doom and gloom about everything that's wrong and everything's right about it, and, and there's, there's good things about our technological world, and then there's just some things like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I don't mind... I, I enjoy the fact that I have access to, to photos or, or videos of cute kittens and, you know, I can look at those. But then some stuff I just like, why is that there? I don't, I don't want that there. I don't want to see that. I don't like the fact that that's just there. Every day there's a trending topic. There's just something in this world that we have to avoid. But we live in this crazy world and it's only getting crazier and it's only being the agenda of our life is being set by the technology. And I just wanted to focus in on today with, with a world that's becoming more crazy that sometimes we can struggle with, well, what do I focus in on in a world that is so crazy? Like, what, how, do I, how am I stable with such instability in that, that things are constantly changing? We have you know the new technology, new phones, new this, ev everything is changing. The fads are increasing at a, at a more rapid rate. 
everything is changing at such a rapid rate. How do I stay at something stable? What, what should be permanent? What should be the foundation of my life? Well, well, certainly, you know, Jesus is the foundation of our life, but, but is there something that is, is even more concrete than that? And not necessarily more concrete than Jesus, but how do I you know, make that even more real to my life that Jesus is the center of my life? And so it made me think of this. I want to ask you this question. What do, distinguishes Christians from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? What, what, what distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? What is that? Is it Christ? Is it salvation? What is it? What's your answer? You got you to answer something. Everybody do that. Just say something out loud. What is it? Is it our politics? Is it our doctrine? Is it our behavior? What distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? Now, just hold that in mind. And I want to bring you to the Old Testament and what Moses believed distinguished the children of Israel from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. And it's interesting, Moses understood what distinguished the children of Israel from the rest of the people on the face of the earth, and it wasn't the Ten Commandments. It wasn't the law. It wasn't even that they were a chosen people. There was something very specific that he believed distinguished them from the rest of the people on the face of the earth, and he believed if this wasn't a part of their life, they, their lives no longer had meaning. And you see this in Exodus 33, and I think this is important for us to look at, because if we don't understand what distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth, we're just going to kind of vacillate back and forth with the whims and the waves of the world. We're going to get lost. So Moses is arguing with God. It's one of these points where the children of Israel have basically not followed God, right? You know, they, they said they're going to do one thing. They've done the other. They've rebelled against God. And Moses is in this place where God is sending him into the promised land. But there's this idea that God is not going to go with him. He's not going to go with the children of Israel. Instead, he's going to send an angel. And so Moses is talking with God. And here's Exodus thirty three twelve. Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, and notice how he keeps using in your sight. These are all presence language, you know, in your sight, with you. This is location. It's not doctrine. It's in your sight, you see me, I'm seen by you, I'm in your presence. But he says, now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways, that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Let me say that again. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to God, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, 
and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. Moses says to God, the only thing that separates us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth is your presence. We're going to talk more about that after this break. Stay with us. Hey, I'd love it if you'd pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can get it at my website, fairlyspiritual.org. Also, please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe through iTunes, The Fairly Spiritual Show, or at soundcloud.com. SoundCloud or iTunes, The Fairly Spiritual Show. Just subscribe and you'll start getting the podcast twice a week. Listen to The Fairly Spiritual Show on Fridays and Wednesdays and support us in any way you can. All right, so I'm trying to focus today just kind of in a practical way with you is we're living in a chaotic world. There's all kinds of things changing. How are we supposed to focus our lives? What's supposed to be the central focus of our life? And, and I wanted to go back to what Moses believed was the central foundational reality that separated the children of Israel from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. Moses believed that the presence of God was the founding distinctive factor that separated the children of Israel from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? It is the presence of God that made the children of Israel distinct. It wasn't the laws, wasn't the regulations, wasn't the temple, the tabernacle, and the sanctuary. Now, now all those places... And all those things were a part of the distinctiveness of the children of Israel. But without the presence of God, they meant nothing. See, from Moses, we know that his promised land was not just a land. In fact, his true promised land was the presence of God. That's why we can relate to Moses in a New Testament context, in an Old Testament context, we know that Moses is punished by God or disciplined by God because of his rebellion, where Moses is not allowed to enter into the promised land, yet Moses continues to serve God and to lead the, the children of Israel. It's, it's kind of amazing when you think about that. Why would Moses lovingly lead the children of Israel, even though God says, you can't enter the promised land? Well, I think it's more than just duty. I think it's because for Moses, his promised land was the presence of God. It was meeting with God in the tent of meetings. It was seeing God face to face. That was Moses' promised land. Moses understood that what made the children of Israel children of God is that God abided with them, that God was in their midst. That what gave Moses authority was not his words, it was not his laws or his regulations. It was the presence of God. It was the glory of God. The glory of God gives every Old Testament leader their authority. 
and the glory of God gave Moses his authority. It is the presence of God that distinguishes us from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. You know, Jesus says something very similar in John. At the end of John, I think this is in chapter 14, uh, verse 15, but John says, or Jesus says this in the end of John. He says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will, this is again before Jesus has gone to the cross, right? He says, he goes, he, he, he goes you know him, for he dwells with you. So the Holy Spirit dwells with you in, in Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit has been dwelling in Jesus, and so you know him, he dwells with you. But I'm going to go away, and then he's going to be in you. So he goes on, he says this, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you also will live. So after the resurrection, you're not going to see me, but I'm going to be resurrected and I'm going to live. In that day, you will know that I'm in the Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Again, I will reveal my presence to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. This is not about heaven. This is about on earth. We will love him and we will make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Remember with in Exodus or with, with Moses, it was, I will give you rest. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. See, Jesus is saying basically the same thing here, but in a more powerful way. He says, I'm going to go away. I'm going to go to the cross. But after the resurrection, I'm going to pour out my Holy Spirit. And you're not going to be an orphan. You're going to have my presence. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to be inside you and with you. The distinctive presence of God is going to be with you. And you are going to have a peace that passes understanding. My presence is going to separate you from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. What we are to focus in on this age or in any age is that we are people of God's presence. We see in the baptism of Jesus is our example as well. You know, Jesus, he's baptized in the water and he lays down his flesh. He just says, not in my own flesh, not in my own strength will I live this life. Jesus is perfect. He's a perfect 33-year-old man who could do things in his own strength. He's, he's God incarnate, but he could do things in his own power and his own strength. But he lays down his strength completely and the spirit descends upon him and the favor of the Father motivates him forward. And so Jesus does everything based on the favor of the Father. This is my son and him I'm well pleased and the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's how we minister as well. We minister based on the leading of the Holy Spirit and the favor of the Father. That's why Jesus says, don't go anywhere. After I leave, wait for the Spirit to be poured out. Wait for the day of Pentecost so that the Spirit is poured out and you can go out and be people of my presence. Don't minister the kingdom without my presence. Don't preach a message. Don't proclaim the gospel. Don't heal anyone. Don't do anything without my presence. It is my presence that distinguishes you from the rest of the people on the face of the earth. So they wait for the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, that was the day where they celebrated the giving of the law. And the law is what led the children of Israel or helped them live lives that were honoring to God. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is poured out and each of the disciples and each of the followers of Jesus now have the fullness of God's presence abiding within them, leading them and directing them so that when they walk into the room, they can be confident of this, that the presence of God walks in the room with them. You and I are distinguished by this, that we are the people of God's presence. We don't just carry with us doctrine. We don't just carry with us faith. We carry with us the very presence of God. We are people who are distinguished by God's presence. The children of Israel were distinguished by God's presence. Jesus was distinguished by God's presence. Not just that he is incarnate God in the flesh, but that he yielded his flesh and became the son who was led by the spirit, the presence of the father on earth. And then he said to the disciples, don't go out and minister unless you are what? Led by the spirit. Don't minister as orphans. Minister as dearly loved children of God. Sadly, many Christians minister as orphans. We, we wander around this earth trying to do good things to please God because someday we're going to meet God and God will either say, well done or not a very good job. But that's not biblical. What's biblical is to understand this, that Christ went to the cross to connect us with God, to reconcile us with God. He died for our sins so that we could be connected and have intimate relationship with our Father, not just in heaven, but right now. Our sins have been forgiven. We've been restored to right relationship with the Father. And we know that because the Holy Spirit has been poured out for us. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of adoption. It's a sign that we are children of God. And because we've been adopted into the house of God, we're not orphans. We have a Father who wants to talk to us, who wants to speak to us, who wants to share with us, who wants to lead us. I want to encourage you to activate this spirit-led life, to be a person of God's presence, to open your ears to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to open your life to a relationship that is rooted in the presence of God, not just ideas and concepts and philosophies, but the presence of God, where you know that you know that you know that God is with you and in you and alive. 
make room for the resurrected presence of God in your life? Can you confidently say this, that it is the presence of God that distinguishes you from the rest of the people on the face of the earth? Can you confidently say this, that when you walk into the room, you know that the presence of God walks into the room with you? Can you confidently know this, that you're never alone, that God's presence is always with you, and that you can always rely on God's presence to give you help in the midst of any conflict or struggle or trial? We have not been left as orphans. We are not orphans. We're not. We've not been abandoned. Just as the children of Israel in the wilderness had the presence of God to lead them forward, we have that and so much more. Because we don't just have the presence of God leading Moses and Moses leading us. There are no intermediaries. No, each of us have direct access to the presence of the Lord. So I'd encourage you tonight, if that's something that's strange to you, you maybe yield and say, Father God, I surrender to you and I welcome your presence. Would you fill me to overflowing with your Holy Spirit? I want to be a person of your presence. I yield completely to your Holy Spirit. I don't want to just be a person of words. I want to be a person of your presence. I don't want to be just a person of ideas. I want to be a person of your presence. I surrender to the fullness of your presence. Come and baptize me anew and fresh in your Holy Spirit. I want your Holy Spirit to radiate in my life. I want to be known as someone who radiates your glory, who expresses your beauty, who demonstrates your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you so much for listening to today's show. I so much appreciate that you would listen to any of these shows. My goal is ultimately to encourage you as I try to honor God. Uh, go to the website, it might help you. It's fairlyspiritual.org. I've got other podcasts there. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can donate to keep our radio show on the air. Uh, any amount helps greatly. You can also find out ways to pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Regardless, make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He's with you. We can advance a better dialogue in this frequently bitter world. I'll see you later. Enough.